0: Alright, so today, in episode 7, I want to talk about the importance of the Word of God. Uh, I'm going to probably talk about a lot of stuff today, but mostly that's probably going to be the theme. Um, So, that's what I'm going to call it. Okay, so um, one thing that I notice when I talk to a lot of people that are struggling with things is that when i ask them if they've read the bible they say oh i haven't read it in a long time or whatever um so i mean that's usually the reason why a lot of believers struggle with things because it's so important like the word of god is what we have right it's truth and it's so like it's literally like um our book i guess for life right like so if you want to know how to live a victorious life in christ you're going to want to read that book if god wrote it right which he did the bible so, um, a lot of people struggle with things that are usually just rooted with lies because there's only two things. There's lies or truth. If something is a little bit of truth and a lot of bit of lie or a lot of, a little bit of lie and a lot of truth it's still a lie, you know, just like they say, I don't know if this is true, but they do say that, um, that my, like mice poison, mouse poison or whatever is like, you know, a really small percentage of poison and then a lot of food or whatever. So it still can apply. So, um, it's so important that we have truth because truth is, is what sets us free. So, uh, it says in John eight that we're his, basically I'm just summarizing it. We're his disciples. If we actually, let me just read it. Cause like I'm here talking about the Bible and how important it is and then I'm summarizing. <laughs> All right. So I think it's John eight 31 And everyone knows this verse, but it says, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So one way to know if what you're believing is truth or not is if it's leading you to freedom. So if if you're believing something that's limiting you, um, that's saying you have to struggle or you have to do this or you're never going to be free, then it's not truth because the truth is what sets us free. Truth is found in His Word, right? So it's so important for us to get this Word inside of our hearts. It's important to to, to meditate on it, to um, just go over it. I actually have a video on YouTube if you look it up. Um, it's If you look up Friend of Holy Spirit on YouTube um, and then like search the channel names, that's the name of it, I have a video that I did on reading the Bible and um, the color code and just some stuff, and I, I think it would be helpful if you struggle with that, just because it's something that God's taught me over the years, and um, and I even go over a color code which I learned from Pastor Dan, um, although I changed it a bit, but and I actually added another color since then. But anyway, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. So anyway, it's important sometimes for people that. Sometimes people need to see, like, a visual, like, oh, this is what it means, you know. So, it's super important for us to get the word in our hearts. Because if if the word of God, according to Ephesians 6, is our sword, then how important would it be if we have an enemy? Like, you're not going to want to, if you're, like, in a battle, it's going to be really dumb to just go out with, like, you know, a shield and stuff, but not have a sword. Like, you're not going to be able to protect yourself, right? And it's not, it's actually not even protect yourself. That's the wrong word. You're not going to be able to advance because I believe there's a reason why Ephesians 6 doesn't give any armor for your back because we're never called to retreat. We're always called to advance. So, you know, it's just important to have. Okay. So I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's go to Um, and just the gist of what I'm saying is if, if what you're believing isn't leading to freedom or I'm not saying you have to be free or else you're believing a lie, but if what you're believing isn't like encouraging you and making you go, whoa, I can do this. Like I can totally do this. Um, and it's not like bringing freedom. Like that's not the fruit. Then it's not truth because truth always sets us free. Right? Okay. So in second Corinthians 10 verse four. To, I think I'm going to read five as well. Yeah. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Isn't that interesting? That's the knowledge of God. It could be anything. But anyway, it's so it's because the devil doesn't want us to have any knowledge of God. Like, when you know him, it's over. So knowing him is what what changes us from the inside out. Um, so that's why it's, that's why the devil doesn't want us knowing him or knowing anything. Um, because we're destroyed for the lack of knowledge, right? So anyway, getting ahead of myself. That verse is in possibly Hosea. I can't remember. But anyway, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So here's how the devil works. The Bible actually says not to be unaware of his schemes. So this is how he works. So the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And it says... Yeah, so that's what it says. So, so here it says taking every thought captive. So, that's where the enemy is going to, that's like the main place that he's gonna like attack us, is in our mind. Because if he can get you to, this is how it works. So, if you have a, a belief or a lie that comes, and I might have already talked about this on another episode on the feeling and faith one, but if I'm repeating myself, sorry. But it's good to be reminded and stirred up in the same thing. So, anyway, um, so. Let's say you get a lie or a a thought or a feeling or whatever, and it's not truth. If you don't have the word of God living inside you, you're going to not know it's a lie. And you're going to believe it. You're going to take it personal. And so what happens is if you don't take it captive, like the Bible says, every thought captive, then you're going to start believing it. So then the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So you're going to start believing it's who you are. So this thought, this feeling is now a belief. It's now a stronghold. So it's set up camp inside of your heart. And then the Bible says, as a man, um, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And then it says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So now this belief has become, this lie has become a belief and a stronghold in your mind. And then you're going to start speaking it out because it's in your heart and you believe it, right? It's not It's not just a thought on the outside anymore. So now you believe it. And then the Bible says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So this is the whole point. He wants to get you to start speaking this stuff because you're going to start, you know, and I, I'm not one of those people that's like afraid of, you know, what you speak or, you know, don't, don't speak that over me or whatever. I don't, I'm not afraid of that. Like, greater is he in me than he in the world. I am a thermostat, not a thermometer. So... I don't get changed by the atmosphere. I change the atmosphere. So I'm not afraid of that stuff. But at the same time, if you're if you're speaking the stuff out, it means you believe it. Because your heart's going to reveal what you believe. Your life will reveal what you believe. So that's what the enemy does. So that's why the Bible says here to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. So you have to understand that. You have to separate. That's why it's important to fill our hearts with the word. Because how are we going to know what truth is if we don't read the Bible, right? So then if you go to Ephesians 6, and this is like every new believer's favorite chapter. When I first got saved, I was like, I'm going to put on the shield of faith and all this stuff. It's funny. All right. Um, I'm going to actually start in verse 13. Of Ephesians 6. Therefore, take up your whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. It doesn't say stand twice in a row for no reason, right? It's important for us to stand. The enemy doesn't want you to stand. He wants you to fall. He, he wants you to give up. He wants you to put your sword down, put your shield down. Um, and yeah, Okay, so stand therefore having girded up your waist with truth. So I really like that verse because I always imagine it as like the belt of truth, some translations say. So if I have my gown of salvation and my robe of righteousness on, my shield of, my uh, belt of truth keeps that on, right? So I'm not going to take it off because it's being held on by truth, which is, the truth is, uh, I'll never God will never take it from me. Only I can take it off, but I'm not going to. Um, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking or hold up the shield of faith, which, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Um, so that, that's the one I wanted to focus on here. So one translation says the flaming arrows, right? So. So and, and it also says extinguish. I like extinguish more because I don't really use the word quench that much. So I don't really like, you know, extinguish. You're like, oh, okay, that means put it out. So that's what I like about that. The shield of faith is so amazing that it doesn't just, it doesn't even say block. It says it extinguishes. That means they lose their power. Every fiery dart. So... All or every. That's what they say. So that's every single one. So that's that's the key is faith. When you walk by faith and not by sight. You're not walking by how things feel or how things look or what it seems like. You're walking by truth. And when you walk by truth, which never changes, his word's never going to change. Like tomorrow, we'll open up the verse, the Bible, and it'll still be the same. It's never going to change. So his word will never change. So that means we can live like Jesus, never changing, right? Because God, God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So if we want to live constant, if you don't want to live a Christian life where you're going up and down your whole life, then you walk by truth because truth and, and faith is, is the thing that's going to hold you there, right? It's, it's going to extinguish every fiery dart when the enemy throws at you. And it, you could even say it destroys, you know, um, the lies, right? So, and that's another verse I was going to go to. So this is something I was reading the other day and I just thought it was really cool. Um, second Timothy verse chapter two, verse 18, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to go to 17 so you can get what it's talking about. And their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already passed. And they overthrow the faith of some. So I actually like the translation in the NIV more to convey what I'm saying. So I'm going to read that as well. So I have my old NIV Bible here. Um, I think it's, is it? Oh, I'm in the wrong chapter. Okay. Alright, chapter, I'll just do um, 17 again. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus. Who have wandered away from the truth. So that's an interesting thing. We can actually wander away from the truth. So that's why it's important. I believe like a key to not wandering away from what the truth says. Is always filling yourself with it. Because the the word of God is a seed. So well I'll get into that in a minute. Getting ahead of myself. Okay. Um, who wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place. And they destroy the faith of some. So that's the interesting thing. So. They're talking about lies, right? So, lies actually can destroy faith. Or, according to Ephesians 6, we can destroy lies with our faith. So, it's it's going to happen either way. So, that's why it's important for us. That's why it's so important for us to know truth. Because if you have lies, it's going to destroy your faith. We were made to walk by faith. There's no accident that if you go out there. And there's all these amazing promises in the Bible. Like, so many amazing things in the Bible. Um trying to think. I don't want to say like this one topic because it's such a controversial topic but just like even God loves me. You can you can find 20 verses on God's love for you and how it's never going to change and how he died for you and people still question it or they'll bring up like a verse in the Old Testament about enemies and they're like, oh no, he doesn't love me because of this. And it's like, no, he loved the world he already gave. Like it's already proven he already died for us so He he loves us. And it's not an accident. That's one of the enemies like You know, things that he does is he he wants to to get people questioning truth because truth is what's going to change the world, right? Because truth is what sets us free. Um, and if we can obviously walk in freedom, I mean, people are going to want that. Like they don't want like the the way that Christians are represented today on TV. Like although I've never met Christians like that, I think people call them limp wristed Christians. Thankfully, I've never been around Christians like that. I've always been around awesome people on fire for Jesus. Um, But I do know that there are people that are, you know, like that out there. But that is not, like, going to make people want Jesus. Like, people are going to want Jesus when they see the way we live, sold out, you know, all that awesome stuff. But anyway, that's, like, a different, not even anything to do with what I'm talking about. So, anyway, it's so important that we have truth because truth is what destroys... Or faith, really, but truth too. But it destroys, um, you could even actually say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which is what the Bible says. So truth, regardless, you know, faith, it always comes from truth, which is the word, right? So faith and truth are, are interconnected. All right, Matthew 12. All right, so this is what I was talking about earlier about the seed, Actually, I think it's... No, it's Matthew 13. Is it? Am I, like, in the wrong place here? Hold on. Because I was going to read something from Matthew 12. Yeah, Matthew 13. Okay, so... There is a parable that everyone knows. And it's the parable Jesus gives about the parable of the sower. Um, I'll just read it. I'm just going to read... Well, you know what? I'm... uh, Trying to think here, I'll read it. Therefore, and this is Matthew thirteen eighteen, therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself. Only endures for a little while, but, or for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares for this world. And the deceitfulness um, of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So this is um, an explanation of the the seed the sower, you know, that Jesus said, I guess I should have said that first. So this is him explaining like the story and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but if you want to read it, it's in the beginning of Matthew 13, but this is Jesus explaining it. Um, verse 23, but he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. So this is like, the thing. So, a lot of people when they read this, they always think it's talking about like getting saved. Like, oh, this is talking about only people getting saved. But it's the principle of it. So, when you get saved, like even now, this can apply to any Christian. When the word is is sown, if you don't have understanding, the devil's going to take it away. So, the Bible tells us that all of you getting get understanding. So, that's like important. So, there's basically four things that will happen. So, if you if you don't understand, it gets taken away. If you have stony a stony ground, right, then you're going to not have root and you're only going to endure it. But whenever persecution comes and notice it says because of the word, then you stumble. So the, the reason why the devil pers- persecutes us and all that stuff, it's because of the word. It's the word's sake. You can read about um, Matthew 7, about the, um, you know, the house built on the rock Like, it comes because of the word. It has nothing to do with us. Like, people, you know, don't waste your time being like, oh, the devil must want something from me. Like, who cares what the devil even thinks? Don't even waste your time wondering or thinking about him unless you're thinking about his tactics and, you know, just for learning and stuff. But don't even think about him. Don't even worry about him. It's because of the word that's all that matters. And the word's, you know, (laughs) God wins. So don't even worry about it. But anyway... So um that's the second kind. The third kind is um when you have a thorny, you know, it says among the thorns. So if you have thorns in your heart, then it says that um and it obviously doesn't mean you have thorns in your heart. It's just the different kinds of heart that that people can have. And the way you change this is when God gives you a new heart. So you can still have these things. Um I believe the thorns are like lies that kind of set up and just make you like, "Oh, you know, like whenever you get saved, you get a new heart, but people will sometimes hold on to their rights and want like their right to be upset or their right or whatever when Jesus told us to die to truly live. So I, I believe that's what can like affect it. But anyway, um the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, he becomes unfruitful. So that's like a really big thing. So I believe that's still a Christian, um, it says that God wants us to bear much fruit and fruit that remains. So he wants us to be fruitful. He wants our trees to be so overloaded with fruit that our branches are touching the ground, right? So people can take it. But it's not like you can still be a Christian and not bear fruit. I mean, it's not a place you want to be. If you see that you're not bearing fruit in your life and don't be like a tree inspector, like Pastor Dan says, don't like, you know, wonder, you know, if you're a good tree just because of your fruit. You are a good tree, so you do produce good fruit. It's just a matter of bringing, bringing it forth through grace and letting God do that in your heart. And if you want that, you pursue that with Him and He will do it in your heart. I promise. Um, so anyway, the last kind of heart is the one we all want, right? It's good ground. <laughs> so there's the word good again, right? We're all good trees. So it says, He hears the word, understands it, and then he bears fruit and produces. I want to produce a hundredfold, even a million, obviously. But the hundred is the most. So you want to bear fruit from what you hear. But you want it to, you know, and that's the important thing. Like, this is all about the word, right? So how important it is uh, is it for us to have the word in our hearts, right? So I guess I'll go a couple of chapters over to seven. Okay, verse 24. Um... I'll read up to 27. Therefore, whoever hears, so here it is, whoever, so that's for everybody. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Um, And that's another thing too, from the last verses we were reading, you can read how it says that they didn't have any root. Um, that's not being like the Bible tells us to be rooted and grounded in love. So that's people that are not rooting and grounding themselves in love. Like Jesus made everything available for us. It's up to us to, to believe it and to go and receive it. Like God has these presents for us. If we don't open them, it's not God's fault. <laughs> like it's literally there for us. So be encouraged. All right. Um, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall so one really important thing for us to realize is whenever God's speaking to you like there's like these two um times there's the the one where you build the house and then there's the one when the grace descends right well I guess you could say um you build the house when you hear the word right and how is what is building the house mean? Hearing and doing, right? So understanding, hearing, doing, applying it to your life. So there's step one, when you hear the word, you hear God quickens your heart to something and you start building your house and you start saying, wow, this is who I am. You pray it through, etc. And then there's step two, when the rains come. So I believe that there's always gonna be like a, a time for you, like a grace um, for you to, to build these things in your heart and in your life. And then the rains will come. And then that's going to be like, okay, is it real or not? Right? That's how you know. Um, but it's important for us to build our build our house, quote, whenever the storms aren't there. You know? So you don't want to, like, try to find your faith when you're in some big, huge thing. Like, you want to find it when you're not. So that way, whenever it does happen, because storms will come, tribulations will come, um, persecutions, all the stuff, it, it will come because of the word's sake. Then, then you'll be ready because the Bible has already like been grounded in your heart and you're already like yeah this is who I am right okay so um so anyway so back to we're going to go a couple more chapters to Matthew 12 now I'm not going to read this whole thing but you can read it in let's see Matthew 12 um or wait a minute. You know what? I actually prefer Luke eleven more, but you can keep your hand in Matthew twelve if you want. It's the same story, or third or twelve. Yeah. Um, okay, so in Matt and Luke eleven, and it's basically the same story as what's in twelve, um, but it's just you know different writers wrote it, so there's some different words. Okay, so in Luke eleven, there is a story about uh, basically the strong man. And, um, you can read about it in Luke 11, I think it starts at chapter, or I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse, um, 21. So you can read about the strong man, how he's fully armed and then the stronger than he comes. Now, the cool thing about this is that that's talking about the strong man is the lie and it says guards his own palace. The palace is the person, the goods are the possession or the stronghold, right? And then the stronger than he, that's Holy Spirit. That's the spirit of truth, Right. And it says that he takes from him all of his armor, right? The armor of the devil. So it's interesting because there's armor of God and there's armor of the devil. Takes all of his armor in which he trusted, divides the spoils. And then um, if you go a little bit later, it says, you know, that spirit will go go out and then come back and say, hey, I'm going to come back to the house from which I came. And then he'll find it swept and put in order. And what I wanted to read from chapter um, Matthew 12, chapter 12, is that it says unoccupied. I think it's. Let's see if I can actually find it. Where is it at? Oh, here it is. Um, it's like in the 40s. I think it's 44. So Matthew 12, 44. It says, um, then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty or unoccupied, swept and put in order. So that's that's actually like... If you ever like um, have been familiar with like deliverance stuff because I like I've been like exposed to it <clears throat> a little bit and I don't really agree with it a lot of it but I think it has its place but uh, one problem with it is that you will find usually that the people that were quote delivered will be back the next week with the same exact problem and this is exactly why they're not occupying their house. What do we occupy ourselves with truth right? Um, so it's so important. And how do we do that right through the word of God, through knowing him, it actually says in Ephesians three to know this love of God or to know the love of Christ is to be filled with all the fullness of God. So how, if you're God's house, then how is, you know, it says the spirit will come return to his house. Well, it's actually not his house. It's God's house. So if you're filled with all the fullness of God, there's no way that this thing can come back, right? It's a lie. And so that's why you see people that continually go back and they'll get delivered one week and then they'll fall back the next week. This was my life for 10 years with believing that God didn't love me and didn't like me. And I heard all these um, lies like about just that I didn't know God and didn't hear him and all this garbage. Um, I think I shared in um, the faith versus feelings one episode. But anyway, so... um, so that was my life for many years. And and God is so kind. I mean, he would set me free. But every, you know, every so often, every month or week or whatever, I would just fall back into it because I wasn't occupying myself with truth. And now that I have, like, it can't even come back because I it's exposed, right? So it's truth. Truth is really what sets us free. It really does work. And sometimes it might not even be immediate. You know, for me, um, I did, like, when once I started getting a hold of this, it was something that I struggled with for a bit, but I got it. Um, and the devil probably regrets ever doing that. Cause now this is like one of my strengths, right? Um, but it, it even says in Jeremiah 23, that God's word is a hammer, right? And that, so it, so the important thing about it is that even if it's not overnight, like with some people that are struggling, it doesn't have to be overnight. It, that's what faith is. You walk by faith and not by sight. How do you know you believe you, you know, you believe by Continuing in it, regardless of how it feels, what it seems like, it doesn't matter. None of that stuff has anything to do with truth. So you continue in it, regardless of what happens, and you'll see it it will happen. Even if it takes time, you will start changing. You'll, and it's not even like the problem is that people are asking God to, to deliver them, but the Bible already says we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love. I think that's in Colossians, but we have been delivered. So people are praying to be delivered, you know, when God already did it on the cross. It's just a matter of us receiving it, walking in it, and understanding that God doesn't want us praying to be delivered. He wants us to believe that we're delivered. That is really, you know, again, in the mind. If you believe it differently, if if you see differently differently, you're going to believe differently. And if you believe differently, it's going to change everything. It's going to put everything into a healthy perspective in your life. And you're not going to go asking God to constantly deliver you from something that you've been struggling with. You're going to start seeing, oh, this isn't who I am. Like, for example, I don't know if I've ever um, said this from here, but I used to really struggle with anger. Um, I used to yell at my husband every day. Like, this was years ago. Thankfully, he's an amazing, godly man, so... But I would yell at him every single day and I could not stop. Like, No matter how hard I tried, I would cry myself to sleep at night because I couldn't stop getting angry and I did not want to be like that. And I struggled with it for a long time. And when I discovered this, and I discovered in Colossians that it says to put off anger, and I discovered prayer... Um, and receiving grace, which is what changes us, I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't have to struggle with this because that's what the Bible says. And it didn't happen overnight, but it did. I I was actually put into, and this is like the Matthew 7 thing where I said you you build your house and then an opportunity will come. There was an opportunity that came where this person like, I don't... um, remember the exact situation but they were like really really mean to me and normally I would have probably cried and or gotten angry and yelled back too (laughs) and it was in that like situation that um because I think they were yelling or something and I would have yelled and I was like you know I was so changed and I actually I didn't even get angry at all I I laughed in my heart I didn't say anything out loud because it would have probably made it worse but I laughed in my heart while I was being screamed at and yelled at by this uh, person I guess you wouldn't even know who they are anyway but um and and so anyway so I was like I was, like, so changed that I didn't even get angry. And when I realized it, I went up, like, I went, you know, by myself or whatever. This was later, I think. And I cried. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I didn't get angry. And that was when I realized, oh, my goodness, this actually works. Like, and I started bawling because I'm like, this actually works. Like, I'm not even angry. And it's been years since I've actually yelled. And I've been in some situations. I, I was just telling someone today, um... I don't know if I've ever told this story, but the first time that I started after I was exposed to Pastor Dan's teachings, I I used to pray for people years ago too, but I just had no confidence back then. But the first time that I went out and prayed, this this, uh, lady (laughs) screamed and we were in a big store, like a Walmart type store. It wasn't Walmart, but they're only in a few states, so you wouldn't know who they are. Um, they're like a high end Walmart and this lady, like I asked to pray for her husband and he let me pray for him and uh, he was in a wheelchair and, and when they left, he was like so nice, but she was like, I hate Jesus. I love Satan. Like she like screamed it really loud. And, and I just laughed, but I mean, she like screamed it. Like everyone in the store looked at her. This is a huge store. Like they make millions a year. I I actually just talked to like the store director. It's a big, very big store. And I was just, I just laughed, like not at her at all, but just like, oh, you know, you can believe what you want. And I obviously prayed for her, but. It was just really cool because a long time ago, I would have probably yelled back. I mean, I was a yeller. I could have, I used to cut people with my words before I was saved. I used to be like a, kind of like a bully. Like, I was nice to everyone, but I still would cut people with their words. I made people cry. I made teachers cry. I just had a way of doing it. So I'm not like that anymore, thankfully. Now I build people up with words. And I'm very good at encouraging now. But before Jesus, I was the opposite. And that's just because I wasn't encouraged. But anyway, so um, so when you're encouraged, you can just pour it out on people. And so I, so just like things like that. So it's been years since I've actually yelled. I don't remember the last time I was angry. Um, I don't even really struggle with anger anymore. I don't even really, you know. And you can get angry at mindsets and lies and stuff, but not people. I don't struggle with getting angry at people. Um, which used to be one of my biggest vices. Really, I used to yell. Thankfully, my husband's awesome and he's very patient. He's never yelled, but I, uh, yeah, thankfully he put up with me. Um, but anyway, so just wanted to give that testimony because that's understanding how grace works and putting off the old, finding out in the Bible, who the Bible says you are. And you're like, oh, this isn't, you know, like for example, lust. I know a lot of people struggle with that. That used to be something I struggled with before Jesus, but, um, like, if that's something you struggle with, the fact that you're bothered by it is the amazing first step. So you're bothered by it. Awesome. You use that. If it's real in your heart, it's going to be real in your life. You just have to let faith and grace work together to bring that real to, as a reality in your life. Um, so no condemnation, no no guilt, no shame. If you're a Christian, and you struggle with that, be excited that you care because you could be a, I don't care person and I don't, whatever, I don't care, but you're not, you care. So that means his word is alive in your heart. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to say. I think that was pretty much it. But the main thing is just, it's so important for us to fill our hearts and minds with the word, um, because, and not only just because, you know, the devil and what he does and whatever, we want to fill our heart with the word because because God is amazing and Jesus is the word made flesh. And I don't know about you, but I want to live like Jesus did. I want to do what he did. I want to truly love people and, and lay my life down for people. Even people that are, you know, killing me, you know. And it doesn't even have to literally be f- literal physical killing. But people that are mean, people that are unkind, like... I want to respond like Jesus did because I used to be like that and I can't even imagine if I, when I got saved, if Jesus was like, what about all those people that you made cry? Like you were a jerk. Like, you know what? I don't really want to follow you. Like, or I'm sorry. I don't really want you to follow me. Like, imagine if Jesus said that to us, you know, like a lot of people can get their feelings hurt from people, you know, from other people, but we have to realize like, how does Jesus see them? Imagine if that was you. You know, and that'll that'll keep you from getting angry and hurt from people. Well, actually dying to yourself will. That's the answer. Dying to yourself and and laying down your rights and realizing you don't have any rights anyway. It's all, the only right we have is to be a child of God, right? He gave them the right to be a child of God. So that's our only right is to to be his child, to look like Jesus. That's our only right. We don't have any rights to be angry. Um, Jesus will, you know, do. God will do vengeance someday. But the awesome thing about Christianity is you don't want that to happen. Like, because you truly love people. I've been wronged. I've had lots of wrong things happen to me. But I'm at the place where I don't want them to be judged for it. Like, my heart is that God would save them and reveal Jesus to them so that they don't have to be. Because we were all made, you know, Jesus died for everybody. You know, even the... ISIS people you know like a lot of people get angry at ISIS people and even pedophiles and all that stuff and obviously it's wrong and very sick but those people like Jesus died for them too you know he wants them to know truth and and to walk in love and forgiveness you know killing people and being mean and having rights that's not going to get people saved you know Um, and a lot of times a lot of things people do it's with how they were treated as children and how they were raised and you know all that stuff. So it's really sad. But if you can let God change you that way it'll it'll give you compassion when you look at people and you're not going to, you know, get on the <clears throat> like we see today with the pitchforks and the mob mentality cuz Jesus was the last person. Like he was the most innocent man who ever lived. I mean, he he never did anything wrong and he was murdered unjustly and you know, he still died for them. So if you ever think something's not fair, it was a million times worse for Jesus. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I just wanted to give the importance of the Word of God, how important it is to read the Bible um, and, you know, not just, not just reading it to read it, but you want to read it to become it. You want to read it to know who God is and the more you see who God is, the more you see who you are in Him. And also the importance of um, even just scripture memory. There's this really awesome I've actually um, haven't really talked about this on here but I've started memorizing chapters of the Bible and I'm starting with Romans 5, 6, 7 and 8 and then afterwards I think I might do like Galatians, you know Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians My goal would be to have the whole New Testament memorized by the time I die which that would be awesome but who knows God will have to give me grace for that but if you're not good at memorizing scripture, there's a really, really, really good book by, let's see if I can remember remember her name. It's called His Word in My Heart by Jeanette Pope, like Jan E T P O P E. And if you look up her name, Jeanette Pope on um, YouTube, there's a little video that's like eight or nine minutes long by, what is that called? I forget, but it's by like this like... Uh, Oh, Real Truth Real Quick. That's what it is. And she talks about it a little bit so you can hear. But it's really awesome. She gives really good tips on how to memorize the Bible. And it's really personal. And it's funny because this is something I did before I even knew who she was. Um, The only difference is I wasn't memorizing it. I was just meditating. But now I do both. And it's just really cool because like, having that word inside your heart is so just... It's really cool. So even if you just start with Psalm 1 or something, she talks about it. But look her up. Really good. Really fun to do. Um, And I even have on my um, Reddit thing, I did a thing um, on meditating. How to meditate as a Christian. And it's really fun to do. Like if memorizing isn't really like your thing. Which, by the way, that is not my thing either. But I can do it. So if I can do it, you can. Um, I used to have a really bad memory. It's getting better. But because I used to have epilepsy years ago and um, before God healed me when I was 17. But um, so the medicine kind of messed with my mind. So I I used to have a horrible memory. I'm talking didn't know when I was dating my boyfriend at the time, my husband now. Um, I f- would forget his name. So that's how bad it was. So it's definitely gotten a lot better. But um, so if I can do it, anyone can do it. It's actually really easy to do. It's basically just um, meditating on one verse a day. And when you do that, you'll automatically memorize it without even trying. Um, But anyway, so that and then meditating um, with a journal is really fun to do. Just some, some practical ways to, to meditate on his words. So you're not just like sitting in front of your Bible and not sure what to do. But um, yeah, so meditating on the word, um, you could get a journal and I'm actually going through Psalms right now um, where I'm writing down um, prayers for all of it, like out of it, out of the verse. Um, whew, I'm trying not to sneeze here. Go away, sneeze. Okay, so I'm actually writing down prayers um, from the Psalms, like exactly, like if it, if it says like bless the lord all my soul i'll say like lord i just bless you i thank you that you're giving me eyes to to understand how to see you so i can bless you for who you are you know stuff like that just an example um but i do have it on if you look on reddit it's called friends of god friends with an s o f g o d that's the reddit account or the reddit um sub that i made and i have some stuff on there if you just want some more practical things but it's really fun to do especially i don't know if it's a man thing but As a woman, it is so fun. Like, I've been journaling since I was young um, when I got saved, and I'm grateful I did because I love going back and reading, like, my stuff, like, stuff that I was growing in. And it's actually funny because a lot of stuff that I've heard, like, even Pastor Dan, who's, like, my favorite preacher, preach on are things that, like, God showed me when I was a new believer, but I, like, didn't have the whole um, not walking by feelings thing down. So I would just kind of lose it. Right. So it says, if you don't have understanding, you, you know, the enemy will steal it. Right. In Matthew, so, so, um, that was, you know, so anyway, it's cool to go back and just to see, and, you know, you forget about things, prophetic words, people have spoken to you and stuff like that. And so it's fun to like, go back and read it and be like, wow, like, this is what, you know, God was doing in my heart back then. And, um, even like you might forget prayers that you prayed and then you see, wow, this is what God did. Um, But anyway, so I think that's basically it. Um, Hopefully this isn't too long. Uh, I guess it is kind of long. But thanks for listening if you endured it this long. Um, The gist of what I'm saying is if there's anything that I want you to understand, it's please understand the importance of getting the word in your heart. Read the Bible with Jesus, not for him, not as a chore, but as a privilege that we get to do. Um, and read it to understand who he is because the more we see him we're going to see ourselves in him because we're one with him right so um, and don't worry about having to be excited to read the bible you know sometimes I'll read chapters at a time sometimes I'll read a whole book sometimes I'll read and book is in like Ephesians I'm not going to read like Matthew in one sitting that's like a lot Um, sometimes I'll read like one verse for weeks you know and i talk about this on that video on youtube but you know there's no right or wrong way to do it but just read the bible and and you'll find too this is actually something i was thinking about last night um it was really cool i I don't remember the situation but there was a time I was talking to someone and like this Bible verse that I totally forgot about, but it was in my, it was in my heart cause I've read the Bible Um and Holy Spirit just brought it to my remem- uh, memory. And I was like, how the heck, like there's no way, like there's definitely no way that I would have remembered that, you know? So it was just really cool. Like really, um, you know, and the more you read the Bible, Holy Spirit, the more Holy Spirit has to work with and bringing truth out and teaching you and you'll see, you'll just grow. So Anyway, just wanted to encourage you guys to um, read the Bible <laughs> and don't do it as a chore. We don't have to read the Bible. We get to that takes the pressure off. If you have pressure to read the Bible, then it's not what Jesus wants for you because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if you're if it's hard and, and heavy, then it's not him. Um, but it can, you know, and, and one big thing too, you know, just a side note is, Uh, A lot of things, like with people struggling with wanting to and whatever, once you let God start changing the way you see, you're not going to struggle. Like, you're going to want to read the Bible. Like, you're going to get a desire to. It just happens. Um, And you'll see. So, anyway, I just want to encourage you guys, if you have any questions, I guess you can contact me on Reddit. Um, My username is this name um, of the podcast, Friend of Holy Spirit which we all are. So anyway, I love you guys. Bless you. And Jesus loves you.